When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Stand By Your Band. I'm Tom Takar, the Wolf of Dog Street, joined, as always, by the Prince of Snarkness himself, Tommy McNamara. How are you, Tommy? I'm very good. We had a great weekend in Bloomington, Indiana, where we recorded a podcast that we will now refer to as The Lost Live Show. <laughs> because... You know what's funny? <laughs> yeah, yes, I was going to bring up that we also had a Lost Studio show yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> we just uh, we just keep recording this podcast. It's, it's like we're just having a, a moment that's not being recorded uh, over and over again. Maybe this podcast never actually was recorded <laughs> in the first place. Maybe we're losing mm-hmm. our minds. We this podcast has been dead for a thousand years. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sorry. What's that, Tommy? <laughs> I was going to say, we got to stop recording at Bermuda Triangle Studios. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. been really hurting us. But. Yeah, well, we did this, uh, so this, we'll say this right up top, uh, but we did record this episode yesterday, and uh, uh, so it's uh, it, it did not happen, or we lost the recording. What happened is our producer, you know how sometimes you'll go to an audition and they'll go like, hey, could you try that again, but different? Our producer listened to this whole episode. He goes, actually, every single word you said, could you try it different? Just, I would love a different take. This, you know, our producer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, uh, but we do have to do the sa- some of the same stuff we did yesterday. And starting off uh, with that, I want to thank everybody who came to the show in Bloomington. Uh, it was so fun. All the stand-up shows were uh, were incredible. It was moving to see people come out and the people who came to this uh, live podcast that uh, will never be heard because it was not recorded. We uh, we appreciate you. It was a magical evening. Jared was the guest judge. It was very fun to see him have to uh, say his opinions in front of an audience <laughs> who <laughs> clearly disagreed with him on a few things. Like uh, I asked him, I set him up by uh, for his Mount Rushmore of bad bands, and I think he said I can't remember if it was Three Eleven or Sublime where. He was like, they're they're just terrible or whatever. And uh, I heard someone in the crowd was like, I like them. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was having to actually face them. And I I pointed it out during the show. I was like, hey, does this feel weird to you? And he was like, do you think I give a shit what anybody thinks? <laughs> it was a very, Jared was on one and it was fun. And uh, all the guests were great. I guess we should, we didn't do this yesterday, but we should give a shout out to, uh, to the winner, Emily Davis, who uh, was defending One Direction and uh, really uh, kicked some ass in there. She won a little guest spot. It was a nice, nice time. Uh, Mitchell Potts was uh, hyperventilating during his set, which was scary. <laughs> Connor Delahanty was as handsome as ever. And mm-hmm. uh, and uh, Shanda Sung was uh, very, very funny defending Incubus. Great, great show. I also want to say really quickly... Big exciting news. My sister has opened an Etsy shop, and I'm very excited for it. We have some of her stuff 
in my apartment right now, uh, she makes uh, these macrame plant holders, and uh, <gasps> they're really cool. And uh, I have a promo code for you guys. So the name of her Etsy shop, it's called Starlight Craft Studio. It's S-T-A-R-L-I-T-E Craft Studio. And the coupon code for 20% off through the end of this year, that's December 31st, S-B-Y-B-20. All caps. Again, that's S-B-Y-B-20. Get over there. Support my sister. Uh, her stuff is really cool. I've, like I said, we have some here. I want to uh, use... And with... Oh, no. I was about to intro. Here, oh, let, let me intro you. With that. <laughs> I'm just so excited about Etsy. All right. Uh, our guest, she's a, an Etsy fanatic. Uh, Ellie McElvain is here. How are you, Ellie? I'm good. And I'm so thrilled to talk about Taylor Swift again. And also so sorry. Um, <laughs> so sorry. You're sorry for the producer? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry we were so bad. Ass. I was so bad that the producer had to do a full, yeah. Um, I would I would say uh, this producer's a real hard ass. Um, he's a he's a real stickler, real cigar smoking uh, guy's guy. Mm-hmm. It is, of course, uh, Christian Bale, and he is on set, and he is he has <laughs> just been interrupted uh, in a scene, and that's why I think he was a little bit upset. But yeah, you know, it's nice of him to take the time out of his uh, busy production schedule to also produce this podcast. I did cry a little <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah, oh, but it, I'm very quick to cry. I was just so frustrated that I was like, at mm-hmm. me, um, um, I was just, I was just like, it was such a good episode. <laughs> yeah, well, this one's gonna be twice as good. Yeah, and in half the time. So <laughs> it was, it was funny because we were both like, it was the, the longest episode we've had in a long time. Whoa, <laughs> we were like, well, it was good. And then, <laughs> I do, oh, I do man. tend to go on, so I'll be. Uh, people love brevity, and I can, I can tap yes. into that. And we lost the magical moment where Tommy cried on air. And, uh, <laughs> he just got so emotional, and he dropped the snark for a minute, and mm-hmm. uh, and let us in. Never and, again. Uh, can I? Ju- <laughs> can I just confirm that the snark title is a joke because he's such a sweetie pie? I would not confirm that. Really? <laughs> Tommy's a gunner. Uh, <laughs> he'll the, he'll uh, he'll uh, he'll make you think that, and then you expose your throat, and he's ready. At the oh. <laughs> oh no! Okay, well, that's not the impression I got, but okay. That's why we had to record again because you did not see the, the real Tommy. Um, let's uh, let's get into our subject today oh and also so you're just a oh I, I interrupted you on the etsy thing well i love that etsy shop because taylor swift has a song called starlight which will be on this red re-release coming out yes m- we're moments away we're hours away currently as of recording um and i actually got a leak last night so oh I mean, wow Ooh. i did something bad but it felt so <laughs> yeah. good it's kind of extra fucked up to get a leak yeah. of the ones she's re-recording just to make money from because of Scooter Braun. Oh, listen, <laughs> I have spent so much fucking money on this woman, this multi-millionaire. If I want a <laughs> private moment alone before the world hears the album, I'll take it. 
and I'm not sorry. <laughs> Tommy did the same thing with ScarJo's leaked nudes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he had the same logic. I got them a few days early. Because <laughs> she was going to do an official release. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's like... ScarJo's version. <laughs> That's just, I think, being ScarJo's boyfriend. You're like, he's like bragging, like, I got these before they leak. <laughs> I was also the leak. Uh, So enough of all that talk Let's get into uh, We're talking of course about Taylor Swift's album Reputation You guys saw it in the uh, the title of the episode, this is a controversial album. the The singles, the 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 first single that came out, really ruffled people's feathers. They were worried that this thing was going to be a giant piece of shit. And <laughs> it it was an intentional pipe us, bomb. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, <clears throat> so then, uh, as we talked about yesterday, <laughs> we. Uh, we we uh you've picked some songs to show that this album actually doesn't suck total shit. It actually kind of fucking rules. It so. might be her best ever. Um, now that top three for a, me. That's a bold statement. Top okay. top three for me. Tommy, where do you put this album? You know, it's uh it's kind of t- bottom half for me, I would say. But uh, I still like a lot of songs on it. You're not alone in that. A lot of people consider this her flop album, which I have serious issues with. Obviously, that's why I'm here defending it. Um, but you're not alone. A lot of people overlooked this, took one listen, hated it, or or disliked it. And not me. <laughs> it mattered a lot to me. And I immediately loved it, um, save for like one or two songs. So, Right on. Right on. Uh Yesterday, I, I'll stop saying that. Just, just giant, giant caveat. Just giant caveat. Some of the stuff we've already talked about. I was doing it for Ellie, but I guess we could just do it. Uh, I I read the Pitchfork review of this album, which I think sets the stage a little bit here. So, of course, we had uh, Look What You Made Me Do came out, and then, uh, you know, this then the, then the album comes. Pitchfork slaps this bad boy with a 6.5, which, you know, for them could either mean it's pretty good or it's the worst fucking thing I've ever heard <laughs> in my life. Uh, and they seem to be mixed uh, between both here. Uh, the The headline is Taylor Swift's sixth album is an aggressive, la- la- lascivious display of craftsmanship, but her full embrace of modern pop feels sadly conventional. Lascivious? Um, yeah, I've never seen that <laughs> word Lascivious. I think I actually think I think you can say it both ways, but I didn't catch that adjective the first time around. That is a wild term. I don't think I tried to say it last time. <laughs> okay, um, I probably just skipped it. Um, That's a wild term to use for a Taylor Swift album that like references <laughs> maybe clothes being removed, maybe if the if things go well. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But okay, so I'll just read a couple little parts of this. The first thing is. Uh, for a decade, almost everyone agreed on Taylor Swift. She wrote exquisite love songs and scorching funny takedowns at an age when most people struggle to put together a cogent email. Uh, she scattered breadcrumbs and winking clues through her lyrics and liner notes, inviting diehard fans and pop rubbernecks alike to agonize over what was fact and what was fiction. She won so many awards, she was ridiculed for the shocked face she made every time her name was called. She was observant and savvy, and if those qualities were spun into a kind of Machiavellian 
or Machiavellian, sorry, so like Tupac, uh, <laughs> Machiavellian uh, cunning by her critics, it seemed like a good problem to have. <gasps> How things have changed. The Swift that stands before us in 2017 is beleaguered and defensive, a figure fighting back from public relations problems She's uh, she largely could have avoided. She stepped into a back and forth with Nicki Minaj and her eternal nemesis Kanye West when silence would have seemed optimal. She induced the Streisand effect by taking legal action over a barely read blog post that drew connections between her work and neo-Nazism. A decision that's shown a new spotlight on her steadfast apoliticism in an overheated political climate. And to top it all off, she released Look What You Made Me Do, a petty snarl of a lead single that jumped to number one thanks largely to sheer anticipation. Chart watchers rejoiced when an <laughs> ascendant Cardi B bumped her from the top slot. Taylor sent flowers. So that's how this thing opens. And it's, it's not all like... Jesus skating. Christ. There's some, there's some nice moments, but... I hate that line. Chart watchers rejoiced. <laughs> uh, you remember Who are that? Our we're chart, chart watchers. watchers. Well, they had Who the parade the that day. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. I remember we were popping sh- bottles of champagne. Finally, a lot of Armenian flags for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, what what do you think about that? What do you think about that opening there, Ellie? I mean, I I have. I have read Pitchfork since I was young because that's just like sort of something I was raised on, but I've always had side eye and, and doubts about it. And, um, I do think it's important to note that they very controversially never ca- covered Taylor Swift until they did the Ryan Adams, um, full album cover of 1989, who has since been outed as a, you know, a fiend a bad guy (laughs) Um, (laughs) a regular chart watcher this guy he's he's a fiendish chart watcher indeed um so people were like oh so you're only going to cover this you know behemoth of a musician when a man covers her work Uh, and then Mm -hmm. and then and then so they do now (laughs) but uh you know she's not that's not the audience for her you know those people like people who are like their whole ethos is being snobby about music it's like it's not for you she's a very earnest a very um oftentimes literal songwriter and that is amazing for me but it's not amazing for everyone it doesn't have to be but i think like all of the elements of this review it's just like okay chill out and and i think there's a lot of benefit of hindsight being 2020 looking back at that time at the time the conversation around this was so like she's doing something crazy rather than this album just kind of being her uh opportunity to play with genre a little more and and put, take on a character and put it off and take it on again. I don't know. Right on. I, I like that. Tommy, you got thoughts on this? Uh, it's just kind of a classic pitchfork review where it's uh, <laughs> just like using big words to over intellectualize that they just didn't like the uh, the style she took on this one. But you know, mm-hmm. yeah, yep. I think we should start an anti pitchfork site, and I think also it's interesting that it's. There's a website called Pitchfork. It, br- it brings to mind this witch hunt against men these days. <laughs> what do you think about that, Ellie? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Is well, it true that uh, men can't say anything anymore? Go ahead. Well, talk, speak on that. It's true, and we will we will kill them uh, mob style. Um, 
like like mob mob mentality style. But uh, it's funny that you should say that because there is in the bridge of the first song we're gonna listen to. I did something bad. Mm-hmm. There is a reference to witch hunts, which was really fucked up at the time because this was not far off the tale of the Me Too movement, the height of the Me Too movement, where men were being like, "It's a witch hunt," which is ironic for right. so many reasons, mm-hmm. yes, and yeah. perhaps a little more appropriate for Taylor Swift being skewered um, on the basis of uh, a, a heavily edited Snapchat leak, but um, uh, but was like very painful to hear that in the bridge when she's usually so good at bridges, but perhaps. I hope we don't listen to the bridge of I did something bad because the whole rest of the song is so powerful and great. <laughs> let's let's go ahead and hear it well, now that we've uh, queued it up perfectly. So here is uh, I did something bad. I never trust a narcissist, but they love me. So I play him like a violin And I make it look oh so easy Cause for every lie I tell them They tell me three This is how the world works Now all he thinks about is me I can feel the flames on my skin Crimson red paint on my lips If a man talks shit then I owe him nothing I don't regret it one bit Cause he had it coming Pretty good stuff. That was I Did Something Bad. I fucking love that song. (laughs) I think it's in my top ten, if not top five. Did was it did, I, I forgot. Did you say this was your favorite on this album? Um Yesterday? I can't remember what. It's not, but it's it's really close. It's probably number 2. Okay. I think my favorite is okay. Delicate, which we'll listen to next. Yes. But um uh, but it's really it's uh, people th- this song does not get the love I believe it deserves. Um I think this song like uh, like injected in my veins, it makes me feel crazy. <laughs> um <laughs> Um, I, I do still stand by that I want this to be in like a Bos Lerman musical about like a dictator or a despot or something. I just think it fucking rules. It's so unapologetic. I love it. I like the idea of women being bad. I love a bad girl. <laughs> mm-hmm. You're going to love bad moms then. It's this movie <laughs> that I've been really into lately. <laughs> Wait, is that, bad moms is that one or bad movie? moms two? It is a movie, and it, there is a sequel. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's about it's moms a, who are actually not good. It's like, <laughs> who are actually bad. Um, <laughs> Mila Kunis and Kristen Bell, maybe, et cetera. Do they get their kids taken away in the movie? Yes. Or is it like... <laughs> yeah, it's actually a gritty retelling of a custody battle. <laughs> really bad moms. They just like go out all the time and you, like you have... <laughs> leave their kids at home for days at a time. Um, if you if you uh, follow any like men's rights blogs, it's actually really hard to lose your kids if you're a mom because they'll take them away from a father like that. <laughs> but a mom, you have to be yeah. a real bad mom. Baddest mom. Mm-hmm. Tommy reposts a lot of those on Instagram story. <laughs> and, uh, I, I see that. Um, 
Yeah, that uh yeah, this uh the song fact on this was uh the revenge pop queen comes out guns up blazing on this dark track. We even get to hear her cuss as she unapologetically <laughs> fires off bitter barbs about the ex that had it coming. Such is Taylor Swift's reputation for radio friendly lyrics that even the normally hard hitting rapper Future doesn't swear during his verse on preceding track Endgame. That's right. She loves to cuss. Cuss words. <laughs> She's cursing up a storm. It's fucked up. Oh yeah. God. I I like the edge on her a little bit. You know, I was I I've said this, but I I like that. She switches to uh, now she's drinking and stuff in songs. That's fun. She's talking. There's songs where she's talking about cocktails that she's drinking. I, I enjoy that. Yeah, this album she admits to being like an adult woman in a way that she didn't on 1989. Um, I mean, there's a little saucy stuff on 1989, like his hands are in my hair, his clothes are in my room, uh, but it's all mm-hmm. really implied. Whereas it's a mm-hmm. bit more on the surface here. And yeah, I think this song is just such a fun. Uh, she's so. Like the character she's taking on here is so convincing and satisfying to me. It just, it, it it's the same thing. Like like I did something bad, it made me feel so good. Like when I do something bad, I I freak out about it for a long time and then eventually make my own peace with it. But I love the like the you know it's like coming up with a comeback in the moment. It's how you want to feel. I did something bad. It felt so good. And it's like, yeah, okay, well, in in, in a fantasy world, for sure. <laughs> uh, all right. You uh, you tipped this one off, and I think uh, we should listen to the... I, I think we should listen to Delicate next. Uh, yes. Because you, you mentioned it. I will go ahead and say I love this song. I was really into it. Um, I Yeah, let's just hear it. Here is Delicate. They sing for the best. My reputation's never been worse, so you must like me for me. We can't make any promises now, can we, babe? But you can make me dream. Tire bar on the east side, where you at? Four lights at my nightstand in the back. Come here, you can meet me in the back. Jeans and your Nikes look at you. Oh, damn, never seen that color blue. Just think of the fun things we could do. Cause I like you. Listen for the best. My reputation's never been worse, so you must like me for me. Yeah, I want you. We can't make any promises now, can we be? Is it chill that you're in my head? Cause I know that it's delicate Is it cool that I said all that? Is it too soon to do this yet? Cause I know that it's delicate Great song That song's so good God, that great, song is just, song. it's per, it's like a perfect so song. Perfect. It's, uh, it's got Bonnie Vare vibes with, the the, the effect on her voice. It mm-hmm. sounds really cool. And, and it's just great, great lyrics. Yeah. I mean, the feeling that she's describing is so universal. That very first stage of falling in love with someone or starting something new with someone where uh, you're just like, 
can I be extra with you? Like, can I be exactly who I am? I don't know. I, I like you so much. I, I don't want you to go. But if if this is right, I should just say everything that's in my head, right? Man. I think it's good. It's so, it's good. so good. And she's so she sm- she's so smooth with it. Like she's on mm-hmm. like she's so I think she's really um uh there's like a rhythm here that you don't normally hear from her. It sounds it is sonically different than a lot of her other stuff and uh, god it's just the best. So good. And uh I really yeah, I love it. Is it cool that I said all that? Is a great line. I realized I really like when Taylor Swift is talking about relationship stuff, whether it's a breakup or whether it's like a like uh, "Cruel Summer" is my favorite song of hers, and it's like such a good song about like a type of relationship you have with someone where you're not getting what you want really, yeah, uh, but you still do it, and it's great. And I like these songs from her. I don't love the songs that are about like scorned friends or like well, have things you- that are like when she's trying to like talk about how she's angry. I, that's, I just don't find those as relatable or something. Yeah. I, I mean, have you ever been fundamentally be- betrayed? <laughs> yes, I have. <laughs> yes, yes, I definitely have, but I still don't like it. A, like an IP issue or. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's just say Christian Bale is taking all the money <laughs> from this podcast. Yeah. Hey, you no, ever heard of TikTok? I, yeah, that was my it. idea. <laughs> I called it the TikTok. And, um, well, I called I, I called it Clock App. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I yeah, but I I just think she's really good at. Uh, at at describing a relationship, it's 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 great. That is her bread and butter. I mean, I think. I think perhaps the Taylor Swift who's angry that really resonates with me as like a young woman who mostly had things in life go well for me. You know, like a lot of people don't want or expect you to be angry ever, which is fair, <laughs> totally fair. <laughs> um, but you still feel it. You still have right. just visceral rage, just like the next guy. You know, um, and I feel like we're not as used to seeing um, female celebrities uh, in the public eye be angry. Um, and that gets even more true. We we like hate it and love it. We want to see them break down, but we're going to eviscerate them for it. Um, there's actually a song on the Red re-release with Phoebe Bridgers called Nothing New. That Ooh. is, I'm giving you the tea right here. You heard it here first. It's a masterpiece. And it's Damn, about. I'm excited. Get excited. I've already listened to it five times and I'm not sorry. I'm going to buy like three <laughs> physical versions of this album. The signed, I have the signed CD coming. I have the regular CD coming and I have the vinyl. So, so it's go. okay I'm, that you got the lake then. I'm, <laughs> yep, yep, I'm allowed. Um, but yeah, nothing new with Phoebe Bridgers is it's kind of like Britney Spears lucky, but darker and a little bit more mm. almost artful. Like it's, it's really cynical and it's, and it's a lot of about, um, the the shelf life of being a female pop star or, or musician or just a woman in the public eye. Sure, I, I want to point out also. I love 
when a lot of like female artists get angry on track. It's it's the stuff with her and like Kanye and the stuff with her and Katy Perry. I just don't have interest in it. That's yeah, no, that's totally fair. I, I, yeah, I'm not saying <laughs> yeah. like you hate seeing women talk <laughs> yeah, about no, their. I, <laughs> no, but I, most I, of my favorite music is uh, women screaming. <laughs> in a, in a, yeah, in a way that like yeah. I come from a riot girl background, like like Sleater Kinney, La Tigra, you know, all of that. Um, uh, so. I fucking love women screaming and I'm so glad you do too. <laughs> I want to, I want to play an example of what I'm kind of talking about. We played it like, uh, yeah, uh, it's, it's skipping ahead a little bit, but, uh, it's more on pace with, uh, with I did something bad and, uh, look what me, you made me do. It's, uh, this is why we can't have nice things. So here is, uh, here's that. just so affected like that's a that's what it is it feels so fake and i also the it, i feel like when she does these it's like comes from a place of like i'm over it and it's like you're so clearly not you're so clearly uh, not to this day she's not over this it fake thing in maybe she and was just okay. watching a, something funny on tv i think that she might have been watching wild and out yeah I think, like that happens to me all the time it happens <laughs> almost every time i laugh during this <laughs> Almost every time I laugh during this podcast, I happen to have Wild and Out in the background. <laughs> and those guys, they are Wild and Out. Really <laughs> That's why you call it that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, God, the fake laugh. So obviously the laugh on the track is a trope in Taylor Swift, the, the Taylor Swift cinematic universe. <laughs> mm-hmm. And... There are some songs where it's a little bit more effective than others. This is probably the at the dead last bottom of a mm-hmm. ineffective laugh on the track. And I tried to convince Tommy to like I did something bad by sending the um reputation to her live performance of it, but I forgot she does a laugh there. Um <laughs> and he's like, No, I hated it even more. <laughs> so I just don't like the melody of that song. It's not that I don't like yeah. the message or anything. I just like the melody of this one better. I think it's a better hook. Uh that's yeah. just the only reason I like uh, it more. Mm-hmm. I I so when Jack Antonoff and Taylor Swift and Joseph Kahn, her music video director, were trying to defend "Look What You Made Me Do," they were like, "Don't you guys get it? It's camp." And mm-hmm. I think <laughs> this song is camp. 
yeah. think look what you made me do is something else <laughs> <laughs> i like it now but in the beginning i was like why are you doing this to me <laughs> <laughs> well i remember I, I think i told the story in the show before but the night it came out it, it was midnight and i was at a bar and i ran to the bathroom so i could listen to it on my headphones because <laughs> it was a new taylor swift single and i was so excited and i just remember being in the bed like in a toilet stall like drunk like what the fuck is this <laughs> <laughs> drunk being like what did you have headphones or was it just on speaker up to your ear? I definitely, I think I had headphones, I hope, or else the person in the other stall was like, what the hell is going on in here? Calls, <laughs> Why is he crying? Calls 911. <laughs> I, I was reading the tea leaves, so I knew it was going to drop. And so I was home with a bottle of wine, listening to it in my living room. And my friends were there who are not like Taylor Swift fans. And I was just like chugging straight from the bottle, being like, what is happening? <laughs> Why? Is this cool? I don't think so. <laughs> But I do, I have come around on it. I love listening to it at the gym. What can you do? And this is why we can't have nice things. Like, I think it really bothered her that so many people came to her parties and glad handed her. And then as soon as the Kanye West thing, they, the squad disappeared into thin mm -hmm. air. And she references this a few times. There are a few people who stood by her. Um, but I mean, that, that's what happens when you have a really big circle, especially in those upper echelons of fame. I imagine. I don't fucking know. Um, but I, I think that really fucking bothered her. A lot of people claimed to like love her when she was hot and then truly disappeared when she was not. <laughs> I leaned that's why into I like the delicate. rhyme. Yeah. That's why I like uh, that she's like, this is my least, uh, what's the line? It's, what, my reputation's, my never reputation's never been worse. Never been worse. Yeah. yeah, that's it. It's, uh, yeah, I love that. Yeah, um, I, I love that idea. Uh, I said this in the first go, but I started hinge dating uh, while unemployed, and I was like, this is really my delicate moment. <laughs> <laughs> it's also I think she does on every album because in 1989 she had that line my 1989's never been worse and yep. then in and my red has never, my been, red never been worse yes. which is kind of weird it was a, meta <laughs> it was a metaphor about a particularly red? heavy period alright let's hear oh we have a segment to get to that I almost forgot uh, friend and foe of the show, Jared Thompson, the owner of the Comedy Attic in beautiful Bloomington, Indiana. He had some thoughts about this album, so let's do our segment. They went to Jared. Here are Jared's thoughts on Reputation. What's up, y'all? This week's They Went to Jared. The boys are going to have a guest on defending Taylor Swift's reputation. So, um, you know, I have a seven-year-old daughter who I wouldn't doubt here soon is probably going to start listening to more like popular music. Like when they're that young, you can just kind of force them to listen to whatever, <laughs> whatever you want. So I haven't really had to deal with this yet, but so I've become more and more aware of Taylor Swift. Uh, and so I'm the odd person who really only knows the like, last couple years albums. And some of that is because I like the national and I know that she's been working with, um, one of the brothers from the national. And so I've given it a chance and she's got a song on the big red machine record. Um, so like, I don't, I didn't know till I just called Tom that like, there was like controversy over this album. I guess it's just not considered as good. And, you know, I listened to, I think four songs and it's definitely like, it's 
I don't think anybody could argue that she's terrible. Like I just, I think that's off the table because she's got a good voice and the songs are just not for me, but that doesn't mean that they're bad. It just means that like, they're just not, it's just not something that like I would listen to on my own. And I feel like that the most recent albums are more likely something that I would listen to. Having said that, I don't know that I know more than like shake it off from like her early days. Like I'm sure that I've heard some of them, but um, anyway, so yeah, I mean, this is just, I think that this album sounds normal to me for like a kid to listen to. So I know people hate when I say that, but anyway, just want to say, uh, you know, I had a great time on the podcast, uh, the live one and sorry that we couldn't record it. But anyway, I love you guys. That was Jared's thoughts on Taylor Swift's album reputation. What do you think, Ellie? Um, well, he said that I'm the rare person who only knows the recent albums. I don't think that's rare at all. <laughs> when I was preparing yeah. for my podcast, What's Your Favorite Taylor Swift Song, uh, which is why I'm here. I don't think I said that. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's fine. Well, your podcast. It's fine. I'll, I'll talk about it later. But I have a podcast. It's called What's Your Favorite Taylor Swift Song, where one person, one song per episode. And in preparation for the podcast, I just started asking people casually at parties or different things like what Taylor Swift songs do you know? And like, there's a huge, like she's obviously one of the most famous people in the universe, but she's famous because she's a celebrity and not a lot of people know the deep cuts or like the older albums. If they got on for 1989 or later, I don't know. So, and there's a whole new population of people who have just heard folklore and evermore, which is wild to me. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, everything he's saying makes sense. I mean, it's not really built for him. I do think his daughter is going to love her though. Yeah. I, I definitely think uh, Indiana Kid, you're going to love Taylor Swift. It's just it's just a matter of time. It's in your bones. If you were fed corn growing up, you will love Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, what if I just did my corn bit? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's. I think you're absolutely right. Let's hear, we have, uh, what, three more songs here. So we got to kind of roll through them because we have to get to the comments of which uh, there was there was a decent amount here. So the next song, a lot of people are are saying this is like a, a certified banger, and I would have to agree. It's called Getaway Car. Here it is. It was the best of times, the worst of crimes. I struck a match and blew your mind, but I didn't mean it. And you didn't see it. The lies were white In shades of grey and candlelight I wanted to leave him I needed a reason X marks the spot Where we fell apart He poisoned the well I was lying to myself I knew it from the first Old fashioned we were cursed We never had a shotgun Shot in the dark You were driving The getaway car We were flying But we never get far Very cool song. It's a banger. 
Banger, baby. Yeah, this is super popular, especially amongst like the core fandom. Um, there's a lot of queer theories about this song, um, and and a lot of you know just regular theories about it. Uh, popularly, it's considered to be about Tom Hiddleston, and whether or not you yes. care about it, the song fucking goes mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. a getaway car. I think- Baby, there's a good chance. <laughs> Some people, a lot of these songs are, you know, to do with exes or people that uh, she's been interested in. Uh, but I'm seeing one song back here that it says uh, this song is about Tommy, who she uh, saw an SNL after party. <laughs> but she, she did not meet. <laughs> I know we haven't talked about that yet on this episode. We talked about it on the Lisa. Yeah, episode, it's been right? it's okay. been talked about enough times. <laughs> you guys, I read paperwork being filed. I ran into Lisa last night. I manifested. Oh shit! It. Whoa. Yeah, look at that. She was at Rod Stewart Live, um, Ooh, and I told baby. her I loved her up, and uh, she said she hated you guys. What the oh, what hell? The hell? <laughs> <laughs> I got a text from Zach from Rod Stewart Live asking if I could do the Thanksgiving one, and I was like, I will not be in L.A., but just know. If I was, I'd be on Rod Stewart Live. Lex, I mean, you're joking, but uh, Los Angeles comedy has gotten so demolished over the pandemic. That's one of the best shows in LA. Hell yeah. So, I love, so I love those boys. Big flex, Tom. Big flex. I, w- I want to talk about this song fact. I don't want to lose this one. Um, the line X marks the, <laughs> X marks the spot where we fell apart. Uh, and the, according to the song facts, Interestingly, the same lyric appears on Duff's Hillary Duff's track "Breathe In, Breathe Out." Swift publicly cited the song as a favorite of hers in a 2015 Tumblr post. So she's just stealing from Hillary Duff, and uh, it's you know, I think that's good. I think it's good. What she did. The monetary worth of Taylor Swift publicly saying that she loves a Hillary Duff song is worth. 10 times more than whatever rights Hillary Duff could claim on that song. <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> Tommy, you pointed out yesterday, and I, I think it's worth mentioning again, that it's funny that uh, if you're that famous, mm-hmm. it's Yeah, <laughs> it just yeah. becomes interesting and not just like, oh, you just straight up lifted someone else's yeah, line. <laughs> not like, oh, it's fucked up. It's like, man, that's so interesting. <laughs> Fun fact. <laughs> very stolen no i don't know i mean hillary duff is great but i mean they're not at the grammys together you know what i mean Damn. okay Damn. fair enough fair enough hillary duff's living her best um, life she's got chickens and stuff <laughs> she's killing it <laughs> uh all right let's hear another song this one is a as a, a hot one let's uh let's hear dress our secret moments in your crowded room They got no idea About me and you There is an indentation In the shape of you Made your mark on me A golden tattoo All of this silence and patience Pining in anticipation My hands are shaking from holding back from you I, I, I. All of this silence and patience Pining and desperately waiting My hands are shaking from all this I, 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 Just say 
I heard Tommy listen to that one in a public bathroom, too. (laughs) (laughs) It's so lascivious, that song. (laughs) Yeah, but first he had to sit on one of his hands until it got numb. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That song is hot. That's like her first really sexy song. There's a couple like saucy Mm -hmm. songs on 1989, but I would say Dress is where she gets explicitly sexy. Which is mm-hmm. not really her natural state of being, but I mean, she's an adult woman. She's sensual. Get over it. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, very, yeah, it's true. It's a hot, hot song. Have you guys ever hooked up with a friend? Like a best friend? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Wait, so. wait, wait. What did we do last night, Tom? <laughs> <laughs> I've hooked up with uh, one. No, I've hooked up with one guy who I considered a best friend, and it was not like this song. <laughs> it was pretty drunk. <laughs> pretty drunk. Don't think I planned my outfit mm. for him. It just happened. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um. Yeah. That's. Oh wait. Fuck. I gotta bring this back. Yeah, I have a similar thing with the. I I wear uh, my version of the song is I only wore this Rick and Morty shirt, so I didn't take it off. It still hits. Gotta try to gotta try to recoup some of these losses from yesterday. God, we were firing all cylinders, weren't we? Jesus. Yeah. Damn it! What was some other? Yeah. <laughs> well, we brought up Hillary Duff. I, re- I referenced Gordo. That was a big yeah, one. That was great. <laughs> I was kind of trying to pull that one back out of you. <laughs> uh, yeah, don't that don't really be shy. No one knows that episode's truly lost. Yeah. Um, yep. I mean, you guys, maybe you could, re- maybe you should at one point on your Patreon release it without my audio, which I think some men would uh, love. That is. <laughs> <laughs> men famously uh, either yeah. very much want to fuck me or they do not like the sound of my voice <laughs> and they wish i never existed <laughs> well, that's harsh. our listeners are gonna love you um we yeah i guess i'm talking about youtube comments mm-hmm. <laughs> sure 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 hey i'm getting i uh on i probably said this on the show before but i don't read youtube comments anymore uh but somebody fucking sent me speaking of uh disney fucking yes yeah yeah the 2000s uh, I purposefully don't read YouTube comments because they don't ever do it's anything bad for your good brain. Or bad. Like the good ones don't feel good. The bad ones, I'm just looking for the bad ones, and so I stopped because it's so bad for your mental health. But one yeah. on my Conan said I had shark teeth, and then so I stopped. <laughs> I stopped uh, reading them, and then when I did Fallon, I was like, I'm gonna not read these. That'll feel nice, and then. Fucking one of my friends sends me. They're like, "Hey, I, I don't know if you read YouTube comments, but they're really positive." But my favorite one is this: the people keep saying, uh, "I didn't know Beans did stand up comedy now," <laughs> and I was like, "I don't even fucking look like Beans." You don't, and that is so cruel. How, what the fuck? I also why send that to me? Yeah. Why would I enjoy that? I worked at a, an extremely popular YouTube channel, and I was partially on camera. I was a writer, was but Bart, I right. Yeah, it was Breitbart. Um, but well, well, started at Breitbart, then went to Barstool, then then mm-hmm. yeah, um, that that pipeline. Then Bartstool, which is the hybrid. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bartstool. <laughs> no, it's also a website where you can see uh, hypothetical shits that Bart <laughs> Simpson has, have taken. <laughs> 
shits from any guy named Bart will accept, though. <laughs> You're not going to want to eat his shorts after this. <laughs> or maybe you'll want it even more, you dirty little freaks. <laughs> That's just a Butterfinger. All right. Well, so for my job, oh, yeah, yeah. I, for my job, I had to. They when I was on camera, in order to increase engagement, part of my they asked me to read and respond to comments. And I was on camera with other thinner coworkers of mine. And I'm extremely good looking, <laughs> but I'm not thin. And some people hate that. And so for the first time in my life, I've always had crazy self-confidence because I have a really good mom. Um, but like I was in these comments and for the first time, my mental health just took a dive. I had to have a meeting with them where I was like, you cannot force me to read these comments anymore. I'm going to, kill myself <laughs> <laughs> damn yeah. not you were hosting with slender man if i remember correctly <laughs> literally the slender man. it's like it's like how am i supposed to compete he's a he's a specter <laughs> he doesn't need to eat to survive what the fuck <laughs> he's been telling me to do some stuff to tom that i don't think i should do but <laughs> hey Follow your heart, man. <laughs> do what you gotta do. Um, okay, we have we have one more song to listen to, and then we gotta get to these comments because we are a little over time. Let's hear New Year's Day. There's glitter on the floor after the party. Girls carrying the shoes down in the lobby. Candle wax and Polaroids on the hard. Don't read the last page, but I stay When you're lost and I'm scared and you're turning away I want your midnights But I'll be cleaning up bottles with you on New Year's Day You squeeze my hand three times in the back of the taxi Tell that it's gonna be a long road I'll be there if you're the toast of to the town, babe Or if you strike out and you're crawling home That's the, yeah, weird. Oh, it's so uh, good Great song, very pretty Um, you, uh, you pointed out yesterday And I really liked the story about uh, Jimmy Fallon Yeah, so um, she, she didn't do yeah. a lot of press for Reputation, famously um, But she did do She did perform this song on Fallon And if I remember correctly He cried Because he had just recently lost his mother And he said uh, In the segment like, I don't know how you do it But me and my mom would do that We did the three squeezes in the back of a car To say, I love you with the squeezes and and she was like I, I didn't know that like you know it's 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 spooky how she's able to have those moments with so many people just through the strength mm-hmm. of her you know just truly excellent so- songwriting it's shocking mm-hmm. and i mean i also you know i found out yesterday that you guys are both in committed long-term relationships and like i'm not <laughs> but this is how I would want it to feel. That idea of being there at the party and then being there for the tough stuff, cleaning up the bottles, the unsexy things, the the life, the, dom- the domesticity. I think the main goal of any relationship is to make Jimmy Fallon cry at some point. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Definitely bully Jimmy Fallon is what I want to do with a life partner. <laughs> I did get um, $500 from him slash NBC from when I'd had an unpaid internship there. <laughs> nice. Hey, Sounds like it was paid yeah. to me. It's a class action lawsuit. They were not allowed to not pay interns. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I didn't do it. I just got $500 in the check one day. That's Hell yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. Uh, we love Jimmy Fallon on this show. Oh, and, me oh, too. Our friend Jared Freed is going to be on uh, Fallon tonight with Taylor Swift. Yeah. How crazy is tonight? That? Another tonight, this very evening. Yeah. Hopefully, um, he can make Jimmy Fallon cry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to point out a line. So the end of the Pitchfork review for this album is complimentary of uh, of this song, and uh, they say she lands the album's first true knockout punch in the bridge. Uh, please don't ever become a stranger whose laugh I could recognize anywhere. Mm-hmm. Great line. Just like Fran so. Drescher. <laughs> <laughs> I miss her every day. <laughs> or Janice from Friends, who I feel like had to have been based on Fran Drescher. Right? Um, yeah. It feels like they were trying to get her and just couldn't pull it off. Yeah. Uh, all right. We have that was the end of the playlist. We've got to get through these comments uh, as as fast as we can here. Um, I didn't post on the Patreon. That's my bad. But get on the Patreon for three dollars a month, and uh, when I do post it, you will get your thoughts guaranteed to be read. Um, we do have. Uh, did we have any on Twitter? I can't remember now. So we just had one from Nick Porcaro who just said pure cringe. Damn! Wow, a so Nick Nick Porcaro. Am I saying that right? Let's fight. Yes. Meet me, Damn. drop the Addy, I'll pull up. I want to fist fight you. <laughs> drop the Addy. There and is actually is your prescription. So there's actually up. a really funny <laughs> there's actually a really funny meme that very much applies to uh Taylor Swift that is like it's like a horse running on a beach and it goes, I am cringe, but I am free. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that. yeah. That's great. Um all right. On Facebook we got plenty. I'm sorry, meta. God, last night I fucking said Facebook on stage. I was doing George Severus' show at Union Hall. Great mm-hmm. show. Great. We love our Georgie. Yes. But, uh, um, <laughs> Pennywise fucking, voice. <laughs> <laughs> but we fucking, I said, I said Facebook in a joke and this, these two women just started going, it's meta now. It's meta. And I was like, shut the fuck up. Like, yeah, also, Facebook cares. is still Facebook. It's the company that's meta. Yeah. 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 That's <laughs> You're wrong anyway. Uh, are they, I was just are these two girls also calling the Sears Tower the Willis Tower? Like, what? Exactly. I was like, I just can't do it. And they were like offended that I said it wrong. And they were wrong anyway. It's, it's the company uh, name. Yeah. Because Instagram uh, is also off. technically part of meta, but no one will be yeah. like, you have to call Instagram meta now. No. You know, now I'm even more mad. Yeah. No, you're the red. Oh, it really pissed me off because I was like, "Who? You're just interrupting my closer for nothing." And it was like, "You should." And I still landed the ship. It was all good. Oh, I love that for you, Tom. You should find them. You should egg their homes, and then you should listen to "I Did Something Bad." I love it. Love that. <laughs> love that idea. Uh, all right, here's what we have on Facebook. First off, uh, Max Fine just writes, "Fuck." <laughs> he did talk about Taylor Swift on the Patreon, so get over multiple there. times. Yeah. Yes. Uh, specific um, albums or. We talked about Folklore and Evermore. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Jenna Bradley writes, I'm a huge fan of hers. I am, in fact, performing on Gwen Sunkel's album recording show with a slideshow presentation on how Taylor Swift is gay. Uh, Reputation is a bombastic, no-skips treatise on Taylor's life as a closeted queer celebrity. Allegedly. (laughs) 
Yes. <laughs> Listen to Dress, Dancing with Our Hands Tied, Getaway Car, and I Did Something Bad. Those are secret WLW anthems. And for um, the non-gay listeners, WLW means women loving women. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Not wood level we, marketing, we, which I thought it was. <laughs> yes. <laughs> w- wood level um, marketing? <laughs> So MLM is mid-level marketing. No, 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 <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I know, I just needed to hear it again. <laughs> what level marketing? It's a big problem <laughs> in the Midwest. Yeah. <laughs> okay, next one is uh, Gwen Sunkel her- herself chimes in and says, Taylor Swift is one of the hardest working and most creative people in show business today. People who hate her are on the wrong side of history. <laughs> and she says, I remember people bringing up her feud with Kanye West and saying that it was insensitive to release her album on the anniversary of Kanye's mom's death. She died when Taylor... Uh, she died... Kanye's mom died when Taylor was 14, so T-Swift is either a diabolical mastermind who remembered an arbitrary date from her childhood, rose to superstardom, and released a chart-topping album on the day she knew her future enemy would be most emotionally vulnerable, or a dumb blonde pop princess. Which is it? Um, Do We Love It says she is allowed to make any album she wants. Uh, (laughs) Then she says the more she lets other people co-write and help, the less popular her albums are. I don't know if that's actually statistically true. Uh, yeah, I, I would disagree. With I'm pretty sure 1989 <laughs> is one of the best-selling albums of all time, and she had a lot of yeah. uh, she had some help on that. But um, sorry, dude. but I love I love the energy of that, and and I I love someone who stands Taylor and and Taylor only written albums like Fearless. Yes. Uh, Meredith Dover writes it's underrated Sarah Kennedy writes it's so much better than the first couple singles she put out from it Isaac Lanford says my 11 year old daughter has already aged out of liking her to which uh, Dewey Lovett said she's gonna boomerang brace yourself yeah absolutely yeah everyone has a boom and bust cycle with Taylor Swift that 11 year old is gonna be back and I know this because Mm -hmm. I check in on this and the teens on TikTok fucking love Taylor Swift she is not passe she is forever she is evergreen she's ever more <laughs> well done thank you tommy <laughs> uh all right uh sam taggart writes delicate is a smash true uh jessica bruns writes my least favorite of her albums but getaway car may be one of her best songs of all time absolutely unreal so good um let's see i'm gonna have to skip forward here because we are out of time but uh, I should read the the bad one, which is uh, Mo Mitchell says I would add for a little spice that her parents are super wealthy and invested large amounts of money into her career. Even so, it's hard to deny that she is a hard worker and a true creative. But she's also the titular character I think of when I consider the intersection of fame and privilege. And I also I don't think her voice is anything special, but her early stuff still fucks. <laughs> Finally, Thaddeus J McKee says super talented. She reminds me. Wait, did I already read this one? No, I don't think I did. Uh, super talented. She reminds me of someone who you might copy off of in class, but not invite to the party. Well put, mm. Thaddeus. Uh, all right. Those were the comments. Uh, I do want to say I disagree about her voice. I, I We talked about this yesterday, but I think her voice is really cool and uh, and difficult to... Like I I just said this yesterday. Not that I'm a great singer by any means, but I tried to sing Cruel Summer, and uh, I've... 
fell flat on my face. I <laughs> you, you, you didn't tell me that the song you were trying to sing was Cruel Summer. Cruel Summer, my yeah. theory about it not being a lead single and, and a de facto song of the summer for 2019 is because it's so falsetto that it's near impossible to perform live. We have not seen her perform well, it live. And she also goes, she also goes deep and then goes high. So it's really hard because, and I, that's where I was going, fucking it up because I, the, the very beginning is pretty, uh, pretty low i think yeah and then uh yeah it's all but then it's like one of the great bridges ever by the way oh best bridges i love you that's the isn't that ain't that the worst thing you ever heard i love you ain't that the worst thing you ever heard jesus christ (laughs) slice my neck in half i'm ready to go that's how i want to go out is hearing that bridge (laughs) yep so good uh love it and uh great episode uh, round two was just as good as round one, and uh, we unfortunately ha- are out of time, but let's do a quick uh, rating of the playlist. Tommy, what do you got? Uh, so, yeah, I, as I as I stated while we were talking about it, I'm not the biggest I Did Something Bad fan, but that's the only one. I love all these other songs, especially Getaway Car is my favorite, but uh, I love this album a lot, and uh, we didn't get into songs like Gorgeous and Endgame. I think it's a, it's a really good album. It's, it's not my favorite Taylor Swift album. It's bottom half for me, but still love it. So 5.25 out of six. Love it. Well done. Thank uh, you. We'll put, I don't love it quite as much. I, I really like Getaway Car and Delicate a lot, though, and New Year's Day. I am going to go with a nice... And I. you know what's funny is I don't even hate This Is Why We Can't Have Nice Things. I just... That laugh really takes me out of it. And I did something bad. I, I enjoyed it enough, but it wasn't... Uh, you know, it's not one that I would go back to. You're too good. I'm going to go with a four point. 4.25 out of 6. Still high. And uh, Ellie, you get to also rate the playlist out of 6. What do you got? 6 out of 6. I love my yeah. pop star mommy. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Ellie, this was so fun. Uh, plug it up. What do you got for Thank you. Um, if you want to hear more from me, I'm at Ellie MCE on uh, all socials. And I have a new podcast called What's Your Favorite Taylor Swift Song? So if you love Taylor Swift or you hate her... Please come on through. Uh, it's on it's on Spotify, iTunes, everywhere you get your podcasts. Or not iTunes, but Apple Beautiful. Podcasts. <laughs> yes. Uh, all right. I will be at the Blue Room in Missouri the day after Thanksgiving, Friday and Saturday after. I'm bringing my buddy Dwight Simmons. It's going to be a great time. Blue Room uh, in uh, Springfield, Missouri. Tommy, what you got? I'll be at the Blue Chew Room in uh, Springfield <laughs> from The Simpsons. And, <laughs> no, um, Checking out Bart's stool. <laughs> so every year I do uh, I do a dual thing where I do a Christmas show at Union Hall and I do one at Lincoln Lodge in Chicago. It's my favorite thing to do. And I have dates up for both those now. Uh, the New York one will be December 8th at 7.30 at Union Hall. Tickets just got listed. Uh, Joe Perry is going to be there. Mike Hanford, uh, Mary Houlihan, uh, Wes Haney, Barty Salima, a bunch of people. It's going to be a lot of fun and chicago i have not booked out yet but that is going to be december 22nd so both those uh come they'll be a lot of fun i do want to be on record Amazing. saying how much i love joe para just a fan yes i think i maybe He's met him best. once when i was in new york for a spell but um i just think he, i love his show i love everything he does yeah Hell the show's yeah. so good so. all right get on the patreon it's three dollars a month uh and you get bonus episodes thanks so much ellie McElvain. uh we'll see you soon uh hey we'll talk to you next week guys keep it crispy bye
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 